What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. It is the Wednesday, October 26th edition of the show. I am your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. I want to start off and apologize. I did not have time to do a Tuesday show. Uh, we may end up moving that thing to Monday, um, but we'll see. It just uh, basically, it's a recap. It's news. It's you know a few other things. I will give you uh, my NFL picks very quickly at the end of today's show. But as you know, the Wednesday show is, of course, diving through all of the games. We uh, we have got twelve under the radar games, games that were not discussed on the BetUS College Football Show. That, uh, that I'm just going to give you a, a quick pick which way I'm leaning, and uh, and then we'll go from there. So let me start off with this. The show is brought to you by BetUS. It is America's premier online sportsbook, their favorite sportsbook since 1994. That's right, they've been doing this a very, very long time. So make sure and go check them out. Of course, I mentioned the BetUS College Football Show. I host that every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time with, of course, Parker and Kyle. Fantastic time over there. We have a good Good time. My official plays for college football are given on that show, so I would highly recommend that you go and check those out. So that is uh, what I would recommend is checking out the BetUS College Football Show. Make sure that you are subscribed. We hit 10,000 last week. We are still pushing for more. As far as this channel is concerned, winning cures everything, I am trying to get to 7,500. We are at 7,460 last I checked. Uh, maybe a little less than that. I don't remember. But we're over 7,400. We're trying to get to 7,500. Hopefully we can do that by this weekend. You guys, subscribe to the show. Go ahead and like the video if you would so kindly. And let's dive into this thing. We uh, we have got quite a few games to discuss. I'm going to try and not go forever on this. But here we are. This is the college football against the spread pick'em for week number nine. 
Season record, I am 48 and 48 in picking these games. Now, these are not the games that I like the most or whatever, but I'm going to give you my analysis and what I think will happen as far as the point spread is concerned. Uh, I went 6 and 6 last week, par for the course. I'm 48 and 48 on the season in these picks. So, do with them what you will. I highly recommend that you just take the analysis. You make your own decisions. But my official plays, as I mentioned, are over on the BetUS College Football Show. I'm 32-17-2 over there. So, there you go. All right, moving along. Game number one, East Carolina at BYU. This one's on Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. BYU, a three-point favorite. The total sits at 62. Of course, latest lines over at BetUS. Let's go on and pull it up on the screen here so you can see what we are looking at. BYU is 5-0 and against the spread in their last five Friday games. Remember, Friday games, not super common, but regardless. BYU is 8-1 and against the spread at home against teams with a winning record. They are 4-1 and against the spread in their last five against American Athletic Conference teams. East Carolina 1-9 and against the spread in their last 10 Friday night games. They are 5-2 and against the spread on the road. Uh, in their last seven, and they are 11-5 and five against the number in their last 16 overall. So East Carolina certainly trending in the right direction under Mike Houston. While all those BYU numbers certainly look good, uh, you look at what they have done. By the way, these numbers are over the last five weeks. I'm taking the most recent data, uh, stuff that happened in week one, maybe not as relevant as right now. So as it looks currently, uh, my numbers would actually have East Carolina favored by... Eh, Point one points. I mean, it's it is a pick'em. Uh, East Carolina's defense is not great. What you saw out of them against UCF was not so much that they were getting stops. It was that they got UCF to turn the ball over. I don't know how sustainable it is, or if you can rely on the other team to give you the ball frequently. I guess Iowa would say differently, but regardless, uh, you look at some of these numbers here. You look at standard down PPA. This is where I think East Carolina could be in some trouble. BYU number 33 in that metric. Standard downs, basically uh, early downs, right? Uh, first, second down where you've got a reasonable amount of yardage to go to get a first down. East Carolina is number 113 in that metric on defense, so not great. Uh, BYU can't really run the ball. They're not great. They're number 124 in stuff right allowed. East Carolina is number 8 in that spot. So there is a way that East Carolina can stuff them. But as far as the pass goes, uh, that's where it gets a little bit tricky because even though East Carolina is number 130 in passing success rate uh, and BYU is number 72, so there's a little bit of an advantage there for the Cougars, uh, East Carolina is number five in havoc rate. Uh, You look over at BYU, they're number 72 in havoc allowed. So if Jaron Hall is running for his life and he's throwing picks and he's uh, not able to get the ball out because he's being pressured, et cetera, that's obviously going to be a problem. It, overall, like I look at this, and at BYU's defense is so bad, and Holton Aylers has been playing uh, like his hair's on fire here lately. I mean, they are scoring a ton of points. I don't see anything that leans BYU for me in this game other than the fact that it is in Provo. And I don't know that that's enough for me to bet on BYU. So if I were going to pick this game... I would take East Carolina here. I this this BYU defense does not do anything well, really. They don't give up explosive runs. I guess that helps. But other than that, I mean, they're number one twenty-five in PPA per pass over the last five weeks. 
ECU is number 49 in that spot. Uh, PPA per rush, BYU's defense is number 90. Rushing success rate is number 107. East Carolina, number 23 in the country in rushing success rate over the last five weeks. You look at fundamentals, turnover margin, that's in the favor of uh, East Carolina. Penalties per game, that one's in the favor of East Carolina. Yeah, uh, give me East Carolina plus the three on Friday night. I know the trends don't seem to go that way, but you look at the numbers, yeah, we'll we'll roll with East Carolina plus three in this spot until BYU can show us that they've got it figured out. Moving along, Oklahoma at Iowa State. Iowa State, a one-point dog, total is 56 over at BetUS, 12 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 on Saturday. And let's go ahead and pull up our numbers here, and I'll tell you the trends. Oklahoma is 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven against Iowa State. Oklahoma 0-4 oh against the spread their last four overall, 1-3-1 and one against the spread on the road, and 2-6 and six against the spread on the road against losing teams. So teams with a losing record thus far. So trends certainly do not like Oklahoma all that much. But let's take a listen to Iowa State. 2-6-1 and one against the spread against the team with a winning record. That's not good. 1-3-1 and one against the spread in their last five home games. That's not good. But... They are 7-2-1 and one against the spread after a straight-up loss, which they just had. So, something to pay attention to with that. You look at these numbers, and I have got Oklahoma. Uh, my numbers have them by a little more than three points, and this is over the last five weeks. So, that includes when they lost Gabriel, etc. It's got all that stuff tied into it. If you take out the game against Texas, Oklahoma would be favored by significantly more here. Their offense is significantly more explosive. I know that their defense is not good, but I like what Oklahoma is doing, especially on the ground. Uh, Iowa State, number 59 in rushing success rate allowed on defense. Oklahoma is number 33. Um, PPA per rush, pretty even, 26 for Iowa State, number 31 for Oklahoma. Uh, But when you look at the passing attack, like I said, this bakes in all that time that Gabriel missed. They're number 90 in PPA per pass. Iowa State is number 103 in PPA per pass. They're number 115 in passing success rate allowed. I I think that Oklahoma can find ways to score much easier than Iowa State. You look at Iowa State, what they're doing, number 88 PPA per pass, they're number 112 in PPA per rush. They don't really do anything well. Standard downs PPA, they're not good there. Standard down success, they're number 109 for Iowa State there. I know Oklahoma's defense is bad, but you've got a, a not good offense here that can constantly find themselves behind the chains. I I like Oklahoma to be a little bit more consistent here. Give me the Sooners to cover the one on the road. I know a lot of people like Iowa State right now. You know They've lost a lot of games, et cetera. But Oklahoma looks like the team that has the more explosive capabilities, and I think they're more consistent. I will take them to cover here. Moving along. And Georgia Tech at Florida State. Tricky, tricky game because the number's so, so big. The Seminoles are a 23.5 point favorite. Total sits at 47.5. It's 12 p.m. Eastern time on the ACC network. And let's go ahead and pull up, uh, if I can actually get it clicked over. Florida State, I have them favored by 14.44 points. Now, this is again based on the last five weeks worth of data. The Georgia Tech defense has been awesome. Number 8 PPA per pass. Uh, Number 72 PPA per rush, though. That's a little concerning. Uh, Rushing success rate is basically even. Number 49 for Florida State's offense. Number 46 
for Georgia Tech's defense. But overall, rushing, Florida State significantly more successful than Georgia Tech's defense is at stopping the rush. At Florida State, they so they went through a gauntlet, which is why I think the numbers are kind of yeah, not great, right? Georgia Tech has looked a little bit better, but without Jeff Sims, they are in a lot of trouble. And I don't think we're going to know until later on in the week about Jeff Sims. They may have already announced at this point that it's going to be Zach Gibson and whoever else, right? And this offense is way worse without Jeff Sims. Um, the numbers aren't great even with him. When you combine everything, they're number 125 PPA per pass, number 79 PPA per rush. Uh, they run the ball 46, well, 47% of the time. I think they're probably going to try and do that more, but even still, they're not good at it. So that's where it becomes a problem, and that is, of course, the strength of Florida State's defense, number 36 PPA per rush uh, for them over the last five weeks. You look at turnover margin, uh, surprisingly, Georgia Tech is number four in the country. Like, just uber surprising. Uh, Florida State is number 56. Uh, They're number 39 in giveaways per game. Georgia Tech is number 10 in giveaways per game. Penalties per game, uh, basically a wash, number 84 and number 100. I look at this, and I think 23.5 feels like way too much. But without Jeff Sims, I don't know that Georgia Tech scores, and I think Florida State can score in a bunch of different ways. They're getting a lot of guys back healthy that they haven't had. Look, give me Florida State to cover the 23.5. I know the number's huge. I I look at these trends here. Georgia Tech 6-0-2 against the spread in their last eight against Florida State. Georgia Tech 1 and 5 against the spread of their last 6 on the road against a winning team. Florida State is 12 and 3 against the spread against losing teams. They always blow out losing teams, teams with a losing record. So, uh so give me Florida State to cover 23 and a half on this one. Moving along, Notre Dame. Notre Dame at Syracuse on Saturday morning. This one's 12 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC and I will tell you. Um this line is Syracuse minus two and a half, and the total is 48. And I would have never imagined that a letdown game for Syracuse would be against Notre Dame. And yet here we are. They were this close to having a monster win at Clemson last week and just let it kind of slip through their fingers. Um, but they, let's be honest, maybe a little bit lucky to be in that situation, of course, with that fumble return. Uh, that was a 14-point swing in that game. Um let me pull it up on the screen here so you can see the stats. And I'll go on and tell you the trends. Notre Dame 5-0 and against the spread. Their last five against ACC competition. They are 10-1 and against the spread on the road against winning teams. They are 21-8-1 and against the number in their last 30 on the road. This team, they seem to play well on the road. They have not played well at home, which is not where they're playing. They're playing in the Dome this week. Syracuse does play well at home. 9 and 2 against the spread at home, 9 and 4 against the spread against winning teams. They are 10 and 2 against the spread following a spread win. So let's look at the numbers. Let's see what the numbers tell us. Over the past 5 weeks, the data from those weeks only has Syracuse favored by 5.61 in this spot. I don't know how much I trust it. Uh the situation is a little weird, but I would imagine that by the time we get to Saturday, Syracuse will be amped up to play against Notre Dame. This is on ABC. It is a big-time spot for them. Their offense, number 55 PPA per pass, number 5 in passing success rate. Notre Dame does do a good job of stopping uh, 
the passing success, right? They're number 13 in that spot, but they're number 82 in PPA per pass on defense. You look at standard downs PPA, Syracuse has a tough time staying ahead of the chains, uh, at least over the past few weeks. They're number 99 in standard downs PPA, number 68 in standard downs rate, and number 70 in standard downs success rate. Notre Dame, while not great, I mean, they're number 63 in standard downs PPA, uh, number 13 in standard down success. So they get teams behind the chains. Now, once you do that, what happens? Well, Notre Dame's defense, number 88 in passing downs PPA, but number 30 in passing down success. This is where Syracuse has been killing teams. They get behind the chains. They're number two in passing downs PPA. They are number five in passing down success rate. So something to pay attention to whenever Syracuse has the ball right there as far as when Notre Dame has the ball. They have been able to run pretty well here lately, number 14 in rushing success rate, but they don't score a lot of points. That's where it gets tricky. Number 82 in PPA per rush, That's that ain't good enough. That ain't good enough. Points per scoring opportunity. At, look, Notre Dame gets the number four scoring opportunities per game over the last five weeks. 8.5 times per game do they get inside the opponent's 40-yard line. They're only putting up 3.74 points per drive. That is not good. It's number 78. Syracuse's defense, number seven in the country at stopping drives. Points per opportunity or points per scoring opportunity for Syracuse's defense, number seven. They're giving up 2.63. So a little bit of a strength on strength here. Uh, Syracuse's defense, really, really good against the pass. I would not expect Notre Dame to throw it much. They are throwing at a 40% clip right now um, as far as over the past five weeks. They are going to try and run the ball quite a bit. And we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. Um, I will take Syracuse in this spot because I think once once they get woken up and everything, th- this is a different team in the Dome. This defense is good. Robert and I on offense is good. I don't trust Notre Dame as far as I can throw them right now. So give me Syracuse to cover two and a half here. I, uh, I like the orange quite a bit. All right, on the other side, we're hitting Illinois and Nebraska, along with uh, some other Big Ten games, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, etc. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit betustv.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, back to the show. All right, diving back in. Let me go ahead and tell you first about Valtimeri Surf Company. These guys are fantastic, have excellent shirts. I've got the Tuscaloosa Surf Company shirts. Basically, they take a college town, whichever one it is that you like. They uh, configure the colors correctly and whatnot, and they provide you a nice, awesome surf company shirt. It's a really cool lifestyle shirt. I wear mine all the time. I've got Tuscaloosa Surf Company, but I've got the crimson one and the white one. Very, very comfortable. I highly recommend that you go check it out. There is a link in the description. You can use the promo code GARY10, G-A-R-Y-10. You can get 10% off of your order over there. I'm telling you, it is good shirts. Very, very awesome stuff. So go and check those guys out. Uh, Also, don't forget to enter the picks contest. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. Go to the contest page. And it will give you the link there to uh, go join up at Run Your Pool. And you can be in the Winning Cures Everything Picks Contest. The winner each week gets a $25 Amazon gift card. I highly recommend it. The, the games are selected for this week. I'll have my picks in later in the week. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun over there. Make sure that you join up every single week. And, yes, you can win multiple times. So go ahead and knock that out. Now, let's dive in to... Da, 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 da. Illinois at Nebraska. Nebraska, a 7.5-point home dog. Total sits at 50. It's 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. Illinois is 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven against Nebraska. Of course, everybody remembers the Week 0 game last year uh, that did not go well for Scott Frost and company. Uh, Illinois, 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six on the road. They are 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 overall. And they are 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven against Big Ten competition. Brett Bielema has figured this thing out very, very quickly in Champaign. Nebraska, 1-5 against the spread at home against winning teams. That's certainly not good. They are 2-6 against the spread in their last eight overall. Yeah, it's it's not been great for Mickey Joseph and company, right? Uh, let's look at the actual numbers here. Illinois' defense is awesome. I mean, they are number two in defensive PPA per drive. I mean, it is it's really, really good. So, number two in defensive success rate. Uh, seem to be better against the rush than they are against the pass. I wonder if that's something that Casey Thompson might be able to take advantage of a little bit, right? 
looking at this Nebraska team, number 23 in PPA per pass, but they're number 111 in passing success rate. So not not overly great. Um, they can be a little bit explosive. I don't think you're going to be able to do that much against this defense. Uh, Syracuse, number 10 in PPA per pass. On defense, number 13 PPA per rush. You start looking at you know points per scoring opportunity. Illinois is number three in that spot. Uh, Ryan Walters' defense is just awesome. And I think it's going to be a fascinating coaching matchup between Mark Whipple and he because this 3-3-5, you know, they're, they're going to drop a lot of guys frequently is Syracuse. And I, I think that there are holes in that defense that maybe they'll be able to find out. Um, looking over at the offense, Illinois' offense – Really good passing the ball, surprisingly. They only do it 45% of the time, but they're number 37 in PPA per pass. They're number 20 in passing success rate. Not explosive at all, so that's something to pay attention to. They they just methodically drive the ball down the field. As far as standard downs uh, success rate, number 71 for Illinois. The Nebraska defense is terrible, number 117, so they can't keep anybody behind the chains at all. Um, but even when they do, or when they actually do move them behind the chains, Nebraska's defense is number two in passing downs PPA and number seven in passing down success rate. So they they can actually find a way to stay in this ball game. My number on this uh, surprised even me. I've got Illinois by four point two three here. I think I think the seven in the hook might be a little much, especially with Nebraska playing at home. I know that Illinois has looked really really good, but. I I think this could be a little bit closer than people think. Um, you know, and maybe it's penalties, maybe it's uh, whatever else. Illinois is number 28 in turnover margin, but they're number 81 in giveaways per game. They give the ball away 1.7 times a game. They just happen to take it back 2.3 times a game. So that's something to pay attention to uh, in this matchup because Nebraska, number 94 in giveaways per game. Uh, penalties per game? Uh, Nebraska is actually a little bit better, number 84 compared to Illinois, number 105. I think I'm going to ride with Nebraska on this. Nebraska plus 7.5 is the way that I would lean, um, not one that I will really be looking to bet. Of course, remember, all of my official plays are on the Bet U.S. College Football Show. But uh, but the way I would lean here would be Nebraska. I, I think this team is actually fighting for Mickey Joseph. I think, uh, I think in this spot they can keep it close, most certainly. Moving along. We're staying in the Big Ten. Northwestern at Iowa. Tricky, tricky spot, right? Super low total. They got steamed up somehow. Um, but Iowa is an 11.5-point favorite. The total sits at 38. It's 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. And let's go on and do it. Let's bring up the numbers here. I've got Iowa by 5.25 in this game. This Iowa offense is brutal. They are so bad. But... I will tell you this, uh, the cure for a bad offense might be the Northwestern defense. Although, I will tell you this, you look at those numbers, they have improved significantly over the last five weeks, right? At this, By the way, these numbers, in case you aren't watching the entire show, if you're just watching the clip, one, thank you, but two, go back and watch the full show. These numbers that I'm using are over the last five weeks. It is not the full season numbers. It is just the last five weeks. I want the most recent data. What these teams really look like. They are opponent adjusted, just so you know. But um, but yes, this is this is tricky, right? Uh, looking at the trends, 
Northwestern three and seven against the spread in their last ten. They are two and five against the spread on the road in their last seven. They are zero and five against the spread after a spread win, which they just had. Iowa four one and one against the spread after a spread loss, which they just had at Ohio State. They are one and five against the number in their last six home games. These home game numbers tend to be inflated a little bit. Iowa is always tricky to work with, right? Because you there's no real way to quantify turnovers and special teams, etc. in uh, predictive analytics. It's just very difficult to do because it really depends on the other team. Will they give up? You can't. It's it's very difficult. I'll say that. So let's try and take a look at this and see exactly what it is that we're looking at. Northwestern's defense, number 60 PPA per pass. Uh, they are number 48 in passing success rate allowed. Uh, this, this bunch is actually all right. Like, if they can get somebody behind the chains, their defense is number 26 in passing downs PPA, number 17 passing down success rate. Iowa is putrid if you get them in third and long. I mean, just awful. When it comes to standard downs uh, success rate, number 97 for Northwestern's defense, number 97 for Northwestern's offense, yeah, it's not great. Um, PPA per rush, Northwestern's defense, number 76. Iowa is number 125. Uh, there's, There's nothing that I can show you that would make you think that Iowa has a reasonable expectation to be successful on offense in this game, or for that point, like in any game. Iowa's offense is terrible. But if you think that one's bad, well, you can also look at this. Northwestern's offense, number 110 in PPA per pass, number 114 in PPA per rush. It ain't good. Uh, Just overall success rate on offense, uh, Northwestern is number 93 it it ain't it ain't great and going up against that Iowa defense is certainly not great. I don't expect a lot of points here. I think that's the understatement of the year, right? <laughs> so if I'm not expecting a lot of points, if the total is 38, well that just screams for you to take the underdog in this spot. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Northwestern plus the 11 and a half. Look, 21 to 10 gets me a cover here. Uh, do I think Northwestern is good? No. Uh, do I think that Kinnick Stadium is scary at night? Yes, but this one ain't at night. I think that Northwestern can be somewhat successful. They have played a little bit better since they got into Big Ten play. Do I trust them? No. No, not at all. But, hey, in this spot, yeah, give me the Wildcats. Plus 11 and a half. Moving along, we're moving to the ACC SMU heads to Tulsa, and this one's 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN+. Tulsa is a two-point home dog, total of 63.5, and and here, I'll pull up the numbers on the screen so you can get a head start on that while I'm looking at the trends. SMU is 0-7 against the spread on the road in their last seven against losing teams. They are 1-5 against the spread in their last six games overall. They are 9-23 against the spread in their last 32 road games overall. On top of that, they are 0-5 against the spread against Tulsa. The underdog in this matchup specifically is 14-3 against the number in their last 17 meetings. Uh, As far as Tulsa goes, 5-0 against the spread after a straight-up win. They are 25-11-1 ATS after a spread loss. 
uh, two and seven against the spread against losing teams. So that's something to pay attention to because SMU is now technically a losing team. I look at these numbers here, and I don't think any of them matter. Uh, Tulsa's offense, not great at throwing the football, but SMU's defense isn't great either. Tulsa's going to try and run, I, I believe, much more so. And they're number 56 in PPA per rush. Well, SMU's defense is number 113. You look at points per scoring opportunity, Tulsa, once they get inside the opponent 40-yard line, they're scoring 4.39 points per drive, points per opportunity there. Um, it, it, Tulsa has a field position advantage when they're on offense, big time. I My biggest question here is about Tanner Mordecai. If he's not playing, I know that the backup came in and looked pretty good against Cincinnati. I just don't think this SMU team plays well on the road, and Tulsa, whenever they are in an underdog spot, they tend to play well. There's nothing that can really quantify it. That My number here over the last five weeks says that SMU should be favored by seven. But this is one of those weird spots that Philip Montgomery's bunch tends to show up in. I would tend to lean with him. Um, turnover margin, basically a wash. SMU better in penalties per game. I, I, I look at standard downs. Like, Tulsa's defense, pretty good on standard downs. Um, and when you get them behind the chains, when you get SMU behind the chains... SMU's offense number 45 and passing down success rate. Well, on the other side, Tulsa number 47. So I wouldn't read too much into that Temple game for Tulsa last week. I think this is still a pretty decent team. I think they're pretty well coached. Yeah, give me give me Tulsa to cover the two in this spot. I think I think they're pretty good. Not great, but I think they'll be okay against SMU. So give me Tulsa plus two here. All right. Moving along, right down the times. We have got a fun Sun Belt matchup. We have got South Alabama at Arkansas State. This one's going to be in Jonesboro. Arkansas State is a 10.5-point underdog here. Total of 54.5, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. And, excuse me, ESPNU. A little bit different, isn't it? <laughs> Not as easy to find. Uh, let me go on and pull up the stats on the screen here. And I'm going to read off the trend. South Alabama is 4-1 against the spread their last five against Arkansas State. South Alabama is 4-1 against the spread against losing teams in their last five. They are 2-7 against the spread in their last nine on the road. And they are 0-7 on the road. Excuse me, 0-7 against the spread on the road against a team with a losing home record. I know that's a lot of stipulations there, but regardless, work with me here. Arkansas State 6-2 against the spread their last eight overall. They are 10-4 against the spread after a spread loss. But they are 1-5 against the spread at home against the team with the winning road record. So you see where I went with it? Yeah. So, uh, trends that kind of point both directions. South Alabama has had the uh, the upper hand as far as this matchup is concerned over the last five years for sure, uh, at least according to the spread. But let's take a look at some of these uh, some of these numbers. Over the past five weeks, I would have South Alabama favored by mm, almost six, five and a half points, somewhere around there. Uh, this line is ten and a half. South Alabama, of course, had a couple extra days to rest and, and recover and whatnot uh, because they played on Thursday night against Troy last week, lost the game at home. This South Alabama defense is really, really good. Uh, Arkansas State cannot run, and they certainly won't be able to do it on South Alabama. Their defense 
for the Jags, number 18 in rushing explosiveness allowed. They're number 32 in rushing success rate allowed, number 28 in PPA per rush. So, yeah, when it comes to standard downs PPA, their defense pretty good because Arkansas State, number 112 in standard down success rate. Uh, South Alabama's number 44. So, you are going to see Arkansas State get behind the chains. And when they get behind the chains, they are number 83 in passing downs PPA. They're number 93 in passing down success rate. So it's going to be tough for Arkansas State to be able to score. Um, But remember, they've had some issues at quarterback, some injuries and whatnot. Looks like James Blackman is going to be back to play this week. If he plays, I kind of like this number a little bit. Um, When you look at South Alabama on offense, passing the ball is all that they do well. They are number 76 in PPA per rush, number 124 in rushing success rate over the last five weeks. And while it's not great, uh, Arkansas State's defense, number 38 PPA per rush, but number 96 in rushing success rate. Looking at standard downs, neither team very good at standard downs on offense or defense here um, whenever South Alabama is on the the field. Passing down success rate, yeah, that's a different story. South Alabama's number 26 when they get behind the chains. And... Yeah, number 78 for Arkansas State here. So I look at some of these intangibles, some of these uh, fundamentals and whatnot. You know, South Alabama's number eight in turnover margin. Um, but they are, here's here's where that number gets tricky, right? Number eight versus number 58. South Alabama's number 39 in the country in giveaways per game. But they're number 10 in taking the ball away. Well, on the other side, while Arkansas State is number 58 in turnover margin, They are number eight in giveaways per game. They do not turn the football over, but they also do not generate turnovers. They are number 114 in takeaways per game. So kind of a wash here because I don't expect a ton of turnovers. As far as penalties per game, both of them are not great at it. Number 82 for Arkansas State, number 110 for South Alabama. I look at this. I like the home field advantage for Arkansas State. I think Butch Jones is building something up there. Um Kane's bunch, you know, the Jags are are good, but do I think 10.5 might be just a touch too much? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way that I'm going to lean on this one. I will take Arkansas State to cover 10.5 at home. This team is playing uh, with a little bit of fight left in them. And South Alabama, emotional letdown spot. Losing at home to Troy in what was maybe effectively the Sunbelt West Championship game. Uh, kind of a tough one. I still think they can win the game. I think they will win the game. I just don't believe that they will cover the game. So give me Arkansas State plus 10.5. Coming up on the other side, we got Baylor at Texas Tech. We got Ole Miss at Texas AM and a couple more from the Mountain West. Let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures. And you can follow Gary at GaryWCE. You can also follow on Facebook. Got your own podcast or web show, looking to start one, or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now, back to the show. All right. Baylor at Texas Tech. And let's talk about it. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. Texas Tech is a two-and-a-half point favorite total of 62-and-a-half. Man, latest numbers, of course, over at BetUS. Uh, Joey McGuire versus Dave Aranda. Like, Joey was on Dave's staff last year. This is a fun-looking matchup. Um, I don't know what's going on with Blake Shapin, though, so that is something to pay attention to. Let's go ahead and pull up the stats here on your screen. And interesting, interesting number here. Because Baylor is favored by two and a half. But without Blake Shapin, how much does that change? Right? There's there's questions here. Baylor is one and five against the spread of their last six against Texas Tech. Let's talk let's talk about all the other trends as well. Baylor's sixteen and five against the spread against the team with a winning home record. They are twenty and seven against the spread against winning teams. And they are 14-6 and six against the spread in their last 20 overall. So, certainly something uh, worth paying attention to. Baylor has just been a pretty good team over the past, uh, I, I mean, two years, really. Uh, Dave Aranda kind of shifted that culture. They've been a pretty good team. Um, Texas Tech, 0-6-1 against the spread after a straight-up win. But they are 4-1 and one against the number at home. So, something to look at here. When I look at these numbers, let's go on and pull them up. Why not? I mean, we got them right here. Uh, Baylor's defense. This is a problem. They are not good against the pass. Um, Number 109 in passing success rate. This is over the last five weeks, by the way. So all this data is the last five weeks. They're number 109 in passing success rate. Well, Texas Tech is number 28 in that metric on offense. Um, You look at standard downs success rate and Texas Tech is not great there number 88 in that spot but Baylor's defense number 51 so they should be able to uh, at least get Texas Tech behind the chains if you're going to do that here's what you run into you're passing down success rate Texas Tech is number 28 and Baylor is number 129 so Texas Tech can be very successful regardless of what the play is on the field. It's almost like you have no idea what that offensive coordinator, Zach Kitley, is going to do, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's really crazy when you look at this team. Uh, Scoring uh, opportunities per game, Texas Tech is number seven. I mean, they go forward on fourth down all the time. They are number one in the country in fourth down attempts per game, 5.3. but they get inside the opponent 40-yard line 7.75 times per game. That's number seven in the country. Baylor does a good job of limiting that. They're number 17 with only 5.25 per. But you look at the points per scoring opportunity, one of these teams finishes drives, and the other's defense, does they let whoever finish drives. So I look for Texas Tech to be able to score quite a bit here. Points per scoring opportunity, Texas Tech is number 34, and Baylor is number 129. That is some problems. So I think Texas Tech is going to be able to score in this ballgame. Now, when you look on the other side, when Baylor has the ball, 
They're number 14 in PPA per pass. Turns out Texas Tech, fairly decent against that. Number 41 in PPA per pass defense. They're number 59 in passing success rate defense. Uh, Baylor can throw the football. But if Shapin is not in there, how successful are they? Uh, and, and we don't have the numbers on us right now because it's such a small sample size, right? You look at rushing success rate, number 32 for Baylor, number 79 for Texas Tech's defense. Um, there's ways that they can stay ahead of Texas Tech on this. They can stay ahead of the change. They're number 25 in standard down success rate. But Texas Tech's number 36 in standard down success rate on defense. So what happens whenever you get Baylor in like third and long, et cetera, if they don't have shaping, I don't have an answer for that. It's going to be really interesting to see what they end up doing. Uh, points per scoring opportunity, yeah, Baylor's not good at finishing drives. The number 73, 3.79 per trip inside the opponent, 40. And Texas Tech's defense is not great at stopping it either, number 84, but that's certainly better than what Baylor's defense was doing. I I look at this and... Yeah, I I think that I'm going to ride Texas Tech here. They have a home field advantage, and they are just tricky enough on offense that I don't know that opposing defenses uh, know exactly what to do with them. So give me me the Red Raiders to cover two and a half here. I like them. I like what they're doing. It's it's weird. It's different. uh, But I like them in this spot quite a bit. Moving right along. This one's a fun one. Um, let's do this. Oh, let me go on and tell you guys. Enter the picks contest. I know I mentioned it earlier, but enter the picks contest. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Click on contest. All right. Ole Miss at Texas A&M. And surprisingly, we did not talk about this on the BetUS College Football Show, but regardless, we're going to talk about it right now. Texas A&M is a dumpster fire. Uh <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a mess. Um, it takes A&M as a two-point home underdog in this spot. The total sits at 55 on this at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network. Uh, Ole Miss won last year 29-19. to A&M won and covered all of the three years prior to that. So uh, they did not play in 2020. And Ole Miss, of course, claimed that Texas A&M was running scared, all that kind of mess. Uh, who cares? Who cares? I I did not think about, before we started recording, or before I started prepping for this, the D.J. Durkin aspect of this. D.J. Durkin, of course, was Ole Miss's defense coordinator last year. Ole Miss wanted to keep him. He instead took the A&M job, got a huge, huge raise. I mean, just massive money. And, uh, and Lane Kiffin is telling everybody this week that, hey, we tried to keep him. We put in a good offer. We got outbid. He said, and that is a theme with Texas A&M. All the mess that is going on with these suspensions, with whatever's happening with this freshman class that they brought in, it is a mess, an absolute mess over there. Um, Ole Miss, 1-4 against the spread their last five overall. Things have not gone great uh, since that you know awesome fast start. Five and two against the spread after a spread loss, though. They are three and seven against the spread uh, against teams with a losing home record. That would uh, that would apply here. A&M has a losing home record. Uh, they don't play often at home, though. I, I know that, so. Yeah, a little tricky, a little tricky. All right, 
Um, Texas A&M 4-0 against the spread at home against a winning road team. Uh, they are 8-2 against the spread after a spread loss, which they certainly had at South Carolina last week. And they are 6-2 against the spread at home in their last eight. So, let's talk about this. Looking at the numbers, A&M's offense is a joke. Now, they have played a really difficult strength of schedule. Ole Miss, not so much. Uh, they were You kind of figured out who they were against LSU last week. Even still, with as bad as the defensive numbers have been over the last five weeks for Ole Miss, their offense still looks way, way, way better. We'll start with Ole Miss on offense. Number 13 in rushing success rate. Texas A&M's defense is number 108. And I know they got some hosses on that defensive line and in that front seven, but DJ Durkin has not figured out how to get them to work yet um, at all. At number 37 in uh, rushing explosiveness is Ole Miss. Number 52 for A&M's defense. I, I think Ole Miss is going to have success running the football. And I think that Lane is going to draw up some crazy stuff against DJ Durkin because they know each other so well. Uh, I think Lane is going to be pissed about this. So, yeah, I'm I, I'm, I'm a little uh, concerned for A&M in this because they may be 3-5 and five at the end of this. You look at the defense, there's ways that A&M could maybe score uh, here, but I... I mean, standard down success rate, number 89, they're constantly going to be behind the chains if they are behind the chains. Um, they're number 90 in passing down success rate. Ole Miss's defense is number 69 in that spot. There's just not a lot of ways that I would expect for A&M to be able to move the ball on this Ole Miss defense because I don't think – I think A&M gets in their way more than other teams stop them. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Um you look at just some of the intangibles as far as turnover margin, et cetera, it's all kind of negligible, right? It's uh, number 63 turnover margin for A&M, number 73 for Ole Miss, uh, number 61 penalties per game for Ole Miss, number 78 for A&M. You know, you start looking at uh, points per scoring opportunity. Um, I mean, it's pretty pretty much the same. Like A&M on offense, number 74, and Ole Miss's defense is number 110. So if – if A&M is able to get into the uh, inside the opponent 40 for a scoring opportunity, hey, yeah, they're number 74 in that spot, 3.79 points per trip inside the 40. Uh, Ole Miss is number 110. They give up 4.41. That Ole Miss offense, number 42, 4.12 points per scoring opportunity. The A&M defense only gives up 3.62. I think it's going to be a tight game. This thing is under a field goal, and my number has it Ole Miss by 8.6. Yeah, give me Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss in this game. I um, I tend to believe that Ole Miss is going to play really fired up for this because there are still enough players on that team that remember when DJ Durkin was there and the fact that he left them to go be a part of this clown show over there. Uh, and A&M fans, don't take offense to this. What I'm saying is they think it's a clown show. Okay, we get that. Anyway, they believe that it was ridiculous that he left. They're pretty fired up about it. I think they are going to come out with all kinds of new tricks and whatnot up their sleeve, and they're going to be able to run this ball on this A&M defense. So give me Ole Miss to cover the two there. All right, moving right along. Spent longer on that than I anticipated. 
San Diego State at Fresno State. Fresno, a nine-point favorite. Total sits at 40. It's 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. And let's uh, let's pull up the stats while I read off the trends here and give you an idea of what we're looking at. San Diego State, 3-7 and seven against the spread in their last 10 against Fresno State. They are 26-10-1 against the spread against losing teams is San Diego State. 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven overall. Things have not gone well this season, uh, but they are... Uh, well, they're 0-4 against the spread after a spread win, which they got against Hawaii last week. Fresno, here is what happens when Jay Kaner is out, right? Uh, they lost Kalen DeBoer. Things have gone downhill. They're still a pretty good team, uh, hence why they're favored by nine over San Diego State. But 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight overall. They are 2-6 and six against the number at home, 1-4 and four against the number against a winning team. Yes, San Diego State has a winning record. It is amazing. I understand. You look at the numbers here, I actually have, based on the data from the last five weeks, I have Fresno favored by 2.81. The San Diego State defense is still pretty good. Number six at PPA per rush, number 27 in rushing success rate defense. Uh, Fresno is not able to move the football. Number 75 in rushing success rate on offense, number 87 PPA per rush on offense. Uh, They are number 100 PPA per pass, number 130 in passing success rate. And and Logan Fife being in there is a bit of a problem, just a bit of a problem. You look at standard down success rate, Fresno is pretty good, number 47. But San Diego State's defense is better, number 16. You get them behind the chains, and Fresno is awful. Number 130 in passing down success rate. San Diego State is number 59 in that spot. Uh, This... How is Fresno favored by nine in this spot? I understand that the San Diego State offense is not good, but they ain't they ain't that bad. Um, they're number 91 in offense PPA per drive, and the Fresno defense is number 27. So the Fresno defense has been pretty good, but I, I just don't believe that either team is going to be able to score very much here. Uh, this total is at 40. I mean, I would I would certainly lean towards an under here, but you look at, like, turnover margin. Um, and turnover margin certainly skews towards San Diego State. They uh, they only give the ball up 39, or number 39 in giveaways per game, uh, only 1.2 times per game. Fresno gives it up almost two times per game. They're number 94 in giveaways per game. Uh, but Fresno can't get turnovers. They can't get takeaways. They're number 127 in that spot. San Diego State, number 29 in takeaways per game. So if somebody's going to be getting turnovers, I would imagine it's that San Diego State 3-3-5 defense that Brady Hoke and company run. As far as penalties per game, yeah, penalties can shift a game. Number seven for Fresno. Only called for 4.2 penalties per game. Uh, San Diego State is number 124. They get called for 8.5 per game. So that's something that could skew this thing. Nine points feels like a ton. I think San Diego State covers here. I, I like I like the Aztecs quite a bit in this spot. Uh, because I don't think that either team is going to be able to score. Like I, I just I don't I don't have a good feeling for Fresno being able to run against that three three five. Give me San Diego State plus the nine here. Last one on the docket before I give you my NFL Week Eight picks, which I do every week. I typically do on the Tuesday show. Didn't get a chance to do the Tuesday show. It's a good thing we're independent, I guess. Right? Wyoming at Hawaii. This one's the late game, 12 a.m. Eastern time on Spectrum Pay-Per-View. Hawaii is an 11.5-point underdog total of 50.5. And let's pull it up. 
Put it up on the screen before I do the trends here. The home team in this matchup is 4-1 against the spread in the last five. Wyoming, 4-1 against the number in their last five on the road. They are 4-1 against the spread in their last five overall. 6-2 against the number against Mountain West competition in the last eight. Hawaii, however, is a little bit better. 5-0 in their last five against Mountain West competition. 5-1 against the spread in their last six overall. 4-1-1 against the number at home against the team with the winning road record. This Hawaii team, since they moved away from uh, Yellen, the quarterback, has been pretty good. My number has it Wyoming by 2.23 based on the last five weeks' worth of data, which is kind of surprising, right? Just nuts. You look at Wyoming's defense, number 51 PPA per pass. Hawaii's offense is number 102. Passing success rate, Hawaii number 122, and Wyoming's defense is number 33. But Hawaii's strength on offense over the past five weeks has been running the football. They're number 11 in the country in rushing success rate over the last five weeks. And Wyoming's defense is number 57. PPA per rush, predicted points added per rush, they're number 21. Wyoming's defense is number 88. You start looking at standard down success rate, Hawaii number 17, Wyoming pretty good at keeping people behind the chains, uh, number 33 there. Uh, I, I look at this and I think that Hawaii can find ways to score on offense. I think they will find ways. Timmy Jangle, they'll draw something up. They will certainly draw something up. Um, when you look at Hawaii's defense, they are better at stopping the run than they are at stopping the pass, uh, from what I can tell. They're number 43 in rushing success rate defense. Wyoming is number 55, and they run the ball 58% of the time. So that is something to pay attention to, at least over the last five weeks. I don't think that Wyoming is a great football team, obviously. I, like, I love Craig Bowl and what he's doing, but this is a long trip. Hawaii finally gets to, well, I say finally, Hawaii gets to come back home, and they've been playing well, right? Like, they're not, they're not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but I think 11 and a half is just way too much here. Uh, everybody's riding this Wyoming hype train, but, you know, I know that they got the cover against Utah State last week. That was against a fourth-string true freshman quarterback for Utah State, and Utah State is not a great football team anyway. So, you know, I, I look at the, all these numbers, and I, I'm i going to ride with Hawaii to cover the 11.5 here. Uh, just seems like too many points. Too many points. All right. Moving along. We got to do it. NFL Week 8 picks. Uh, I don't have my record written down. Uh, I'm pretty close to 500 if I'm not exactly 500. Um, but I'll go on and tell you what I've got. And I'm not going to spend long on this. I'm not giving you full breakdowns, whatever. This is based on power ratings and situations. So here's what we got. Vikings minus 3.5 at the Cardinals. The Bengals minus 3.5 at the Browns. Seahawks to cover 3 against the Giants. No, I do not trust the Giants. I know that they're playing well. I get it. I think they've only got one loss on the season. I, I think the Seahawks at home, different beast. Geno Smith is awesome. Titans to cover one on the road at the Texans, and I will take the Falcons minus four and a half against the Panthers. Yes, I know the Panthers beat Tom Brady in bunch last week. I think that was a coach firing. We're going to you know rally for the Gipper, whatever. That team is not great. Give me the Falcons minus four and a half at home against the Panthers. 
All right, that is going to wrap things up. Don't forget, visit Valtimary Surf Company. It's uh, valtimarysurfco.com. Use the promo code Gary10. There's also a link in the description. That's the easiest way to do it. Go ahead and make sure you click there. Along with that, enter the picks contest. Go to winningcureseverything.com. The winner each week gets a $25 Amazon gift card. Make sure that you enter in over there. Um, the show's brought to you each and every time out by BetUS. It's America's premier online sports book. They're fantastic. It is where the game begins. Make sure that you go sign up for all of your sports gambling needs. And make sure to check out the BetUS College Football Show. I host it every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Please go subscribe over there. Subscribe here if you have not done so already. And, and of course, make sure that you like the video and that you share it out. Tell some friends about it. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review. Let's stop out of here. You guys have been great. I'll be back again tomorrow for a preview of the upcoming weekend. I'll, I'll talk about some of the bigger games as well. Storylines, all that good stuff. Uh, most to gain, most to lose, etc. With that said, you guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, 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 all your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.